Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and let's get rolling with today's episode. Don't forget, you can download, subscribe, give this thing a five-star rating, and tell five friends who enjoy Kansas football, Kansas basketball, whatever has to do with Kansas athletics. Tell them about this podcast, and we will keep things rolling from there. All right, let's do some football talk. I know it's basketball season now, but we've got KU going to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, of course. Talked about that last week in the podcast, December 26th in Phoenix, Arizona. KU UNLV, 8 p.m. kickoff Central Time on December 26th. Uh, Should be a fun Bowl game for the Jayhawks. They are favored heavily. Going to talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. But let's talk football first because that is uh, some big news around uh, football this past week. Not huge news in the Jayhawk world, but, I mean, the transfer portal is open. So whenever the transfer portal opens up after the season ends, that is when things start getting a little dicey. Now, there needs to be some safeguards around the transfer portal. It's just kind of open free agency uh, people aren't playing bowl games with their teams. It's just a little bit wild, wild west right now. And I think they need to jump on that a little bit. There's there's certain things that I like about it. There's certain things that I think can be uh, changed a little bit. So, so that's just something to keep an eye on, whether it be Kansas or any other school for that matter. So if you're listening and you're a fan of another school, maybe – uh, you watched the KU-Mizzou basketball game last week and you're hate listening to this Jayhawk podcast, you're a Mizzou fan, you could have some uh, transfer portal uh, excitement for your team as well. But for the Jayhawks this past week, you saw Deshaun Hanika transfer from Iowa State to Kansas. Now, Hanika didn't play for uh, Iowa State this past season. He was one of those players that was caught up in the betting scandal up there in Iowa. I know University of Iowa had some of it. Iowa State had some of it. Uh, but Hanukkah was one of those guys who was caught up in it and was not allowed to play this season for Iowa State. So he decided to jump jump into the transfer portal, and he decided he wanted to play for the Jayhawks. Now, he is from Topeka. Just up the road from Lawrence, Kansas, about a 30-minute drive from Lawrence. He said as much that he's about 30 minutes from campus to his parents' house, which is pretty cool. But he announced he's coming home to Kansas. He had a breakout year with the Cyclones in 2022, 17 catches for 244 yards and four touchdowns. Sounds like uh, sounds like something that KU could use next year, especially with Mason Fairchild uh, tra- or not transferring, graduating this year. So Mason Fairchild, tight end out. You can bring in a guy like Hanika to take over in the Mason Fairchild position and get you some of those yards and some of those red zone touchdowns. So he didn't play at all, like I said, in 2023, was suspended for the uh, allegations of violating the NCAA sports betting policies. His case was dismissed in October 2023. So... He says, despite all of the issues that happened there with the betting, uh, the dismissal, everything like that, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for him. So 
This was a quote from Hanukkah. He said, you kind of sit back and you look at things differently. Things are moving 1,000 miles an hour through college athletics. You're getting ready for the next step, not really enjoying the little things, uh, taking some things for granted. And Hanukkah said, it really made me slow down and question, is this something I want to do? I finally figured it out. It hadn't changed. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, and I'm grateful Kansas has given me that opportunity. So Kansas reached out. This dude, you look at him. You look at what he's all about. Six foot six. This is a guy that can be a red zone target. Four touchdowns in 2022. Just started to get things rolling. Probably would have had an even better year in 2023 had he played. So, again, kid from Topeka. Jayhawk fans growing up. Another one of those guys. Just like Devin Neal. Devin Neal is from Lawrence. Grew up a Jayhawk fan. Hanukkah says, you won't see another person in the country outwork me. You're going to get everything I got every single play because I had it taken away from me, and I'm not letting that happen again. He chose KU for a number of reasons. He he got to go to a practice last week. So what he said that when he got to go to the practice, he met some of the coaches, uh, Leipold, Grimes, uh, Zabrowski, met some of the players, met Devin Neal, Jalen Daniels. He said, it felt like home to me. It's only 30 minutes away from my actual house. So I can still go back and catch my little brother playing basketball. A lot of support for me being a local kid. That's what I love. Kansas now has a point. When when you look at when Hanukkah was being recruited to Iowa State before, KU won zero games that year when he was being recruited out of high school. So why would a player like Hanukkah, a six foot six tight end who could make an impact on a team, why would he want to go to a school like Kansas who's winning zero games? So that's just now you see Kansas go from a two-win team to a six-win team to an eight-win team, potentially a nine-win team if they can win their bowl game. Now in the transfer portal, you can get guys like Hanukkah to come back home who maybe would have wanted to play for KU but wanted to play on a program that was a little bit better than KU. Well, now KU is the better program in the Big 12. He has one year remaining on uh, with his eligibility. But he still says that he has some unfinished Big 12 business because obviously played with Iowa State, had some good success with Iowa State. They've been a pretty solid program the last five years. But he says the Jayhawks are on the up and up, ready to go compete for a Big 12 championship. And that's what it is with these guys. Now people feel like Kansas can compete for the Big 12. They saw that Kansas beats Oklahoma, a top-10 team who's going to the SEC. They see them competing closely with Kansas State, who won the Big 12 last year. And they know that with a healthy Jalen Daniels, with some guys returning on offense, Devin Neal, now you got Hanukkah at tight end. Yeah, this is a team that's going to continue to stay on top of the Big 12. They're going to be in the discussion, at least. So that's the good news for Kansas in the transfer portal this week. Uh, some other news, not transfer portal news, but cornerback Melo Dotson 
decided he is coming back to Kansas for another season. Some people speculated he might jump into the NFL draft, uh, go to the NFL next year. But Dotson announced that he is coming back to KU. He's a cornerback who had 44 tackles, nine pass breakups, four interceptions, including two pick sixes. And he announced he's coming back to Kansas. So huge to keep guys that are having this type of production in the system at Kansas, not letting them jump into the transfer portal and leave. Of course, you want your guys to get to the NFL. That's good for the not just these players, but for the program. But if you get a guy like Melo Dotson back, it just shows KU has that power now, the ability to keep players around who could potentially go to the NFL. But with NIL and everything else, they can come back, make some money in college, have another season to grow in college, and then go to the NFL next season. So great news for Kansas to get Melo Dotson back. And there has been uh, talk about how Kansas hasn't been super involved in the transfer portal yet. But you look at it, and part of that is because they haven't lost a lot of players. You look at a lot of programs, they're losing double-digit guys. They're losing 10, 12, 15 guys off their roster. If you're Colorado last year, you lost about 50 guys off the roster. Coach Prime came in and kind of cleaned house, but you got Kansas who hasn't really been losing players to the portal. Now you've got guys that have been graduating, guys that are, uh, you know, ineligible now who have used up all their college eligibility, but you have a recruiting class that's coming in, a, a freshman that's coming in. You've got guys that transferred in last year who kind of used this as a learning year. You've got guys like J.B. Brown, a linebacker from Bowling Green, uh, kicker Seth Keller from Texas State, running back Dylan McDuffie from Georgia Tech. You know, you've got guys like that. You've got more that, that are expected from Dylan Brooks, a transfer from Auburn, Logan Brown, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin. You've got Spencer Lavelle from Cal, Demarius McGee from LSU. And you have guys like that who came in the portal last year who you wanted to make an impact, but there was just too many guys ahead of them this year. So when those guys graduate, you have these guys who were from the portal last season be able to step up in their place. You don't have to go out and look for new guys because you've had a guy that's been in the system for over a year now. So that just is another reason why Lance Leipold, head coach at Kansas, is building this thing the right way. He, he makes it so that guys don't want to just, you know, come here, see what it's all about, and leave. They want to come here, see what it's all about, and stay. And that's different. They had 19 players go through their senior day ceremony last month. Three were walk-ons, 16 were scholarship. And in the 2024 recruiting class, they have, like I said, 16 players for the 2024 class. So you lose 16 guys that were on scholarship that we're seniors, you can get 16 back right away in your next recruiting class. KU's doing it the right way. Now, it's tough to do in the, today's transfer portal world, but so far it looks like KU has been doing it the right way. Getting a guy like Deshaun Hanica from Iowa State to come to Kansas, doing it the right way. Now, we'll keep an eye on his DraftKings account. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Come on. Come on now. You know I had to throw one betting joke in there. I'm done, though. I am done. 
All right. Let's move on to basketball. I know that we were going to talk about uh, – no, wait. Let's talk about a little bit of the bowl game. I know we talked about it earlier. I was going to transition to basketball, but we got to talk about the bowl game because talking transfer portal and not talking about the bowl game doesn't make much sense because you're seeing guys from other programs that are supposed to be playing in bowl games either opt out due to the uh, going to the NFL or opt out because they want to transfer to another school. I believe I saw – Yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Days are kind of mixing together for me right now. But I saw, I think it was Riley Leonard from Duke is going to be going to Notre Dame, I believe. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, uh, had a pretty good season. They're going to be playing in a bowl game. But You've got guys that are transferring left and right. Some guys that are supposed to be playing in bowl games don't want to play with their current schools. They want to transfer and get ready with their new school. KU doesn't have any of that going on right now. They've got everybody ready to roll, going down to the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. That game, again, I said at the top of the show, December 26th against UNLV, 8 p.m. kickoff Central Time. And if you go to heartlandcollegesports.com, Derek Duke of Heartland College Sports ranks... All the Big 12 bowl games in his confidence level of which teams will win from the Big 12. And he has KU at the top of the list for the Big 12 team he is most confident will win their bowl game. And that makes sense. I applaud Derek Duke on that from Heartland College Sports because the Jayhawks are a 12.5 point favorite over UNLV. UNLV does not have a very good defense. They have a pretty good offense, but they don't have a very good defense. Jason Bean and company should roll and score a lot of points in this bowl game. So I'm with Derek Duke on this one. Uh, I, I think that the Jayhawks are going to win that game and win it by double digits. So the confidence level of them winning their bowl game is very high, and I, I'm with them. I think that that is the right call there by Derek Duke. You can go to heartlandcollegesports.com, see uh, the latest articles on the Jayhawks over there. Of course, you can see... Uh, any of my articles over there as well. But there's a lot of bowl coverage, a lot of Big 12 coverage going on over there, KU included. So go over to heartlandcollegesports.com and check that out. All right, let's get to some basketball. What a win for the Jayhawks on Saturday over Mizzou. The Tigers roll into Lawrence thinking they could get an upset, come out with a hot start. The Tigers took a 15-6 lead early in the game. But, of course, that was not going to hold. The KU, KU Jayhawks, not going to let the Tigers roll into town and beat them in Lawrence in Allen Fieldhouse. No, sir. Not today. Not any day. Jayhawks end up dominating the rest of the second or the rest of the first half. Excuse me. After being down 15-6 early, KU took a 41-29 lead into halftime. Hunter Dickinson had a slow first half but ended up dominating again in the second. 13 points, 16 rebounds for the game. K.J. Adams and Kevin McCullough Jr. both finished with 17 points to lead the Jayhawks on the day in scoring. Marco Jackson added 11 points. So four KU starters in double digits. And as we've seen so far to start the season, typically our starting point guard, Dewan Harris Jr., not scoring a lot of points. So not surprised that he doesn't get into double digits. But another solid game for Dewan Harris Jr., uh, not stuffing the stat book, but doing all the little things to help KU get the 
uh, win on Saturday. KU ends up winning that game over the Missouri Tigers. A lot of people were saying that, oh, it's a moral victory for the Missouri Tigers who go into Allen Fieldhouse and, you know, keep it a close game in the second half. KU wins at 73-64. KU 9-1 and on the season, now ranked number two in the nation. Mizzou falls to 7-3 and and unranked. Uh, so that's, I mean, I guess I'll give Mizzou some credit. They did have play pretty well in the second half. Uh, they have a pretty good uh, guard over there, Sean East, the second. Had 21 points in the game, but KU, obviously, too much going on there. One of the best teams in the nation. And they win at 73-64. Once again, a win over their former rival, I hope this series continues. It's another win every year for KU. I like seeing the rivalry aspect between the fan bases going back and forth on Twitter, formerly known as Twitter X now it's called. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a fun fun time for the fans more than anything to get back into it and chirp back and forth at each other on the social medias. Next up for the Jayhawks, they're traveling to Indiana on Saturday, December 16th, 11.30 a.m. tip-off on CBS. So it's going to be one of their early games of the day on CBS. The Hoosiers are 7-2, and two, but they're coming off a big loss to Auburn. They just lost to Auburn 104-76. to 76. It was an absolute domination. Auburn took them to the woodshed. They, uh, However, you look at Indiana's schedule. That I mean, they were they were seven and one before that. Now they're seven and two. So not a bad team in Indiana. They were a top twenty five team to start the season. They beat Michigan last week, seventy eight seventy five. So it's not like Indiana's a bad team. You got to watch out for this Indiana Hoosiers team. They are a tough team to play when they're at home, and the Jayhawks are traveling to Indiana. So this is going to be a tough game for the Jayhawks. I think that the Jayhawks can pull it out, but it's going to be tough nonetheless. you got to get out and score early and often against this Indiana team, just like Auburn did if you want to get out and get the win, put them in their place early so that they can't have that uh, second-half run where they try to come back and get the win. they they got to get Hunter Dickinson the ball early and often. they got to run the offense through Hunter Dickinson. They kind of struggled with that in the first half against Missouri. And that's when Missouri got out to an early lead. So get the ball into Hunter Dickinson's hands. Let him score. Let him pass. Let him do what he needs to do. If you've got guys shooting and missing, Hunter can get those rebounds. But it's just something that Bill Self needs to focus on every single game. Get the ball to Hunter Dickinson. Let him work the ball either in, get his own shot, or find somebody that's open if they come down and double-team him. That's going to be the way to go for the Jayhawks for the rest of the season. All right, that about does it for today's episode. You can always get at me on Twitter, at JayhawkerTalker. We can keep the conversation going there. By the way, over on Twitter, one of the funnest videos I've seen all week, there was a Kansas football and VeggieTales collaboration that went on this past week. Uh, That's right, Jason Bean, VeggieTales hype video that was incredible. I uh, haven't seen anything like it. So go check that out on Twitter. I posted it at JayhawkerTalker. Uh, just so funny. Whenever I see those videos, I always post them at JayhawkerTalker. So follow me over there. We'll keep the conversation going. You can download, subscribe, give this JayhawkerTalker podcast a five-star rating. 
And uh, we'll be back at it again next week. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Network. Until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.